Welcome to Not So Standard Deviations. This is episode 20, and I'm Roger Peng from the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. And I'm here with uh, Hillary Parker at Stitch Fix, but we're actually at the joint statistical meetings in Chicago. Yes. yes. And this is the first time we're recording a podcast. Face to face. Face to face. Yeah. yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be weird looking at you the whole time. I know. It's like awkward. You're well, not, I'm I feel have to like. Turn away. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if it changes the dynamic, you know, yeah. how much we non-verbally communicate. I think we'll interrupt each other way more now. Prob- yeah. That is probably true, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true, because I record, I record this other podcast with, like, a local person. Oh, right. And so we, we always do it face-to-face. Yeah. And it, I think it's just, uh, you, know, you know, there's no there's less delay, so you just kind of, like, have to, you just get more rat right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you've been here for a couple of days now, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got. I actually flew into Chicago on Saturday. Okay. Um, I have a friend who lives here. Uh-huh. I was on vacation in Michigan before this. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. The whole Midwest is, tour. Yeah. This yeah. is like the Midwest Michigan <laughs> vacation to conference. I don't know if that's really a thing. But yeah. the, this mid- is not a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> vacation on the Great Lakes is a Michigan thing, or is a Midwestern thing, though. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, so I was doing that, and then I'm here. Um, so yeah, it's been a great conference so far, yeah. um, and I was really happy that I gave a poster about Stitch Fix. Oh, you had a poster. Okay. I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, talking talking about Stitch Fix, and essentially for a lot of statisticians, even just explaining kind of the business model uh-huh. and how data folds into every part of it. Right. And. I, I mean, you know, I think what's really special about Citrix is doing the personalization plus the stylus curation. Right. Um, and I think that mix for a lot of people at this conference would be something they haven't necessarily come by before. So, I see. Okay. Yeah, so it was great. Um, and then I had a I, session. My, my intelligence yeah. sources said your poster was actually quite popular. It was popular, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I was really excited. It was good. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and then um, after that, I had a session yesterday morning at 8.30, which uh-huh. was really nice and early. Right, you, that you organized and yeah. chaired, right? Yes. Yeah, we talked about this the last time. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. And so that was super exciting. Um, and it went really, really well. I was really happy. Yeah. Um, so and, we'll, we'll get to the details of that yeah. in a second. So yeah, I, I only got here yesterday. Uh-huh. So, so I missed your session, which is, which is horrible. <laughs> um, but uh, and then I'm leaving tonight, so which is the second. I've only been here for like two days. Yeah. But anyway, but that's your <laughs> usual thing, right? It's often it's my thing now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard for me to get away for a long time. Right. But um. Yeah. But I've been, you know, I, haven't, I haven't been to JSM in a while, so it's really? actually um. It's been I forgot that it's it's fun actually. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, yeah I really totally forgot conference. about it. Yeah. So, um. Anyway, so this has been fun. Yeah. yeah. So um, and I so I had a session this morning that I talked in. It was at eight thirty, which I think was a struggle for some people. Right. <laughs> Given that like when we started, I think it was like the speakers and maybe three other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, people kind of filtered it as the morning went on. So right. It was by the time I talked, there were you know there were people there. <laughs> yeah. I once chaired an eight thirty session on Thursday morning. That's tough. Which so that's the last day of the conference. It's the last yeah. day of the conference, yeah. and it's only a half day. Yeah. And. Many people do not stay. Here. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you're like a chair of the session, like you have, you really have to be there. Yeah. Like, and in fact, you have to early. be there for the whole session. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> like even the speakers might leave early. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so. so one thing actually, I realized one of my uh, former coworkers from Etsy is here, and he's in these like day, not half day long tutorials. Uh huh. But they're, this must be a newer thing. I haven't ever heard of this before. It sounds like they're going really well, though. So. The tutorials? 
Yeah, but they're they're not the tutorials on Saturday. They're actually like he's in them today. Oh, Monday. like during the week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, no, I've not heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. He's attending a tutorial, and it's like Don Rubin is giving it. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, whoa, that's like very well selected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm not sure what he's like as an instructor, but uh, who knows? But, yeah, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was receiving positive reports. Yeah. yeah. Are there other Stitch Fix people here? Or? Uh, there are not. Okay. Yeah, um, I am the the sole representative this year. Okay. But hopefully. You know. Maybe one day you'll rally a crew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about your session, though. So what was the, yeah. the, 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 what was the name of your session? Um, it was along the line. It was sponsored by the section on statistical graphics. Okay. Um, which is a really great section. So I don't. Know, the I mean, this is a lot of uh, American statistical association like inside like baseball bureaucratic yeah. inside <laughs> baseball. But essentially, there's a bunch of different sections within that are, I guess, within the ASA. Right. Um, and so this one, the section on statistical graphics, it sort of is merged with the section on statistical computing. That's right, yeah. Um, but it's sort of it's sort of where you would expect me, given my interest, to end up being aligned. It's like a lot of people from industry, and there's yeah. like I know Hadley Wickham is on one or at one point was on the board or whatever they call it. Like well, the he was he was like the head. I think he was on. He like was in the leadership of the section. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and um, it's just it's generally like like they sponsor more applied uh, talk. So so the. The sections, the talks that are at JSM are the sessions that are comprised of talks are sponsored by these different sections. Right. So each section gets some sort of allotted number of invited talks right. and topic contributed. And so, Have um, you been on the program committee? No. You ha oh, you haven't had the honor? No. <laughs> Have <laughs> so you? I was one, for one time, I was, the, I was on the program committee. Uh -huh. And yeah, you get to see, there's a whole like kind of bureaucratic algorithm for like each of the of the sections gets a certain number of like like you know yeah. sessions that they can organize and so it's it's very like Right. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. crazy, but it works out every year. I was really lucky that um, Sherry Rose mm -hmm. once, like, sat me, like, not sat me down, but she explained the bureaucratic, I guess she's probably been on the program committee at yeah, one point. Yeah, I think it's a representative. Yeah. Section, yeah. And, sh and so she explained me, to me exactly how it actually works. Yeah. Um, and so... And do you feel like a better person now that you know that? <laughs> well, it just helps <laughs> me make strategic decisions. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 And so, like, I would never, invited section, invited sessions are very hard to get in because right. um, like it's all this section politics they have a very limited number right whereas topic contributed is much easier so once she told me that I was like well I'm only doing topic contributed <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I did this one was invited because someone from the section reached out to me and asked me to organize it so oh, okay. I was like okay oh, sure yeah. how did it go it went awesome <laughs> if I can say <laughs> so myself say, yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a huge room and at one point there was like standing room only wow. which yeah I yeah. felt really good about for an 830 session yeah that's a, that's a good deal on the first day yeah. or I guess on the second day yeah. the first 830 session yes, yes. <laughs> and uh it was yeah like i was really so there it was the title was something like a plot like applied data visualization and journalism and academia and industry or okay. something like that yeah. it was kind of like just like, like everything data visualization that's done more at scale you yeah. know um and yeah. so it was super interesting um the first speaker was hadley wickham okay um and he was actually he gave this awesome talk about this new package he's working on called Modeler. Uh -huh. um, so it's like Model R. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I thought this is, I think it was early enough that, and the crowd was, uh, the crowd was on board. Um, 
But I bet if he gave it to a different crowd, it uh -huh. would have really ruffled feathers. And yeah. um, that he, and I'm so excited about it because essentially it's a way of really quickly getting model results into a tidy data frame, like into your original tidy. So you have a tidy data frame. Which is like the data. The data. Right. You run like a linear regression, get predictions. Right. And then you just add that as a new column in your data frame. And so there's function. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, like there's a function that's just called like add predictions. Right. And then add residuals. Right. Um, and so, and the idea is that then for the average person who, the average analyst who doesn't have a stats background, they can start to play with models and visualize the residuals and like look for trends. Like they, the idea was that most people who do data analysis understand the power of doing data visualization mm -hmm. as exploration. Yeah. And so he's like, well, if you kind of fold modeling into their tool set, they'll start to visualize model results and kind of understand that models a way of helping remove, you know, tr like removing the things you can predict so that you can visualize the trends left over after right. the model, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so his hope is that people can start to visualize model results the way they would visualize raw data. Mm -hmm. And then as they get more interested in that, kind of back into the theory later. Yeah. Um, it's very I, like it's very like kind of um, kind of tukey like way of thinking. Mm -hmm. so I think that that's his that way of thinking. You know, the model the, the 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 benefit of the model in a way is that it gives you more data quote more data because you have these predicted values and then you have the residuals, mm -hmm. which is more than like your original just the raw data itself, right? So yep. And so I think this is kind of like the same idea. You can kind of put the models in there and then kind of get more data out by looking at residuals and stuff. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And he had this example that anyone who's working with time series data would recognize is, is the flight time series mm -hmm. data of like when people are booking flights. And you know, he's like, you can look at this and kind of see that Saturdays are different. So you might want to do like a model that has day of the week in right. it and uh -huh. then look at the residuals there. So yeah. it was just, it's. I, I think he's really on to something. I mean, A, I was like, I can't wait to use the add predictions function <laughs> because right. that's, that's always something where I'm like kind of fumbling around right. trying to make it like as tidy as possible. Right. Um, and uh, so this is obviously going to be it's like a the, you know one more line in your dplyr pipeline. Right. 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 Um, right. Yeah. And then and then I think it's just it'll be interesting to see that see how it changes my process. You know, like yeah. if it's going to get me to look at residuals more often, that's obviously a good thing. Yeah yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm super excited about that. So, that did, was... did he, did he talk? I'm just curious. Did he talk about residuals in the context of like non, um, like a not, not, not nonlinear, but a not linear <laughs> regression, <laughs> like Poisson or logistic or something like that? Um, I'm just curious. Not so much. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, although, yeah, I wasn't. I will say I wasn't like. I was trying to like tweet out pictures and stuff. You were so, multitasking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was multitasking, making sure it's on time. So well, that's like a good like, chair should. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. That's totally the why yeah. I didn't pick up every detail. Um, I'm hoping he's good at publishing slides, so hopefully he'll yeah, put yeah. slides up. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. But but no, I, I agree. It gets more complex as you move to like to kind like scenarios where the residual visualization might not be as like as kind of useful yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Okay. but right, cool. getting people to even run you know 
linear regression rather than conditional means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big step. It's a big step. Yeah. Is it on like GitHub or something like that? Or? I think so. Okay. I think so. I, he, he was very caveat, like, you know, this is extremely beta. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he kind of was like, I'm not sure if I really want a lot of people to be using this yet necessarily. Yeah. So uh, I think it was just more a presentation of like what he's working on and where the direction yeah. he's going in. So. Uh -huh. Um, but I mean, that being said, the code did work in his presentation anyways. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Maybe if you try it out, maybe don't file a ton of bug reports. Like, yeah, I'm sure. Well, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> maybe sure give, like it a, give it a minute, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe it'll get fixed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so who was up next? So the next person was um, Andy Gross from the core data science team at Facebook. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if you know Facebook's structure so well. No, I, I, know, I don't know at all. Yeah. They have like, um, I, they have, there, a lot of people have data scientists, at least the last time I like caught up with their internals. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have a data scientists as a job title. Um, but many of them are embedded or apply, like, there might be like teams that are kind of embedded or like, uh -huh. Like coherent teams that are out there doing applied work. Yeah. There's also like all these machine learning teams. It's just the, yeah. There's a ton of data people there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, but oh, what was that? No, I got the sense that it was pretty massive. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, quite massive. Yeah. Um, the core data science team is. It's an interesting group of, I think it's around 20. I could be totally wrong, but I uh -huh. think it's like a smaller group. Um, a lot of social scientists, um, people with like a diverse set of backgrounds working on like causal inference problems or their internal tooling. It's, I, I would hesitate to call it an R&D group because uh -huh. I don't think, I think they're like much more applied than kind of like your average R&D group. Uh -huh. um, but they're just working on kind of interesting problems um, with, and then they have like this kind of social science bend. Yeah. Uh, and so Andy was talking about uh, like, data visualization on a massive scale. Yeah. Um, and my, my favorite slide from his was, like, how do you visualize big data? He's like, get a big screen. And he had this picture of this like screen they had at Facebook that was just <laughs> like the size of a wall. Oh you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like totally tongue in cheek. Yeah. Not. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, you saw these people like up looking at this map of like, wow. you know, where users are located. Oh and it, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so he was talking about that problem and kind of using and I think I'm not sure if you took all the details on the exact methodology, but they were using like census data along with like connectivity data in order to like estimate where people were living. And like he had this huge globe with like points of where people are. Uh -huh. And he kind of zoomed into some like small neighborhood um, and showed kind of like what, like they essentially were like inferring where people were living okay. um, throughout the globe. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, in America, that's like an easier problem to solve. But oh, yeah. yeah, like yeah. in other countries where right. you have less information and they kind of had like colors of the different connectivity types of like some, some places were like dominated by 2G connections uh -huh. versus 3G. Okay, America yeah, yeah, was yeah. mostly 4G. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think... I, Again, the details I was I was didn't totally pick up on, but it was some sort of like supplement on the the census data, which I thought was really interesting okay. from different company from different uh, countries. countries. Yeah, so, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that was awesome. And then, and then um, one of those feelings of you know Facebook is doing they're like solving problems that most people don't even have, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I, it's like I would feel like that. 
that work is not really generalizable because like who's yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. who's going to have that much data yeah of I that think, nature right yeah yeah I think but it was interesting because they were using this because I, I actually asked the question afterwards I was like who's kind of consuming this data like who are you creating these yeah. visualizations for yeah and he was like yeah it's a, a big way that we decide you know strategic efforts of like where to expand or where to like company strategic efforts. exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 like yeah. I know that at one point and I'm yeah, I'm also shaking out on these details, but I think Facebook's been doing a lot of efforts to get like more internet connectivity in certain countries. Right. And, yeah, yeah. Africa. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think that I I'm sure that this is part of part that. of that. Right. right yeah. Right. Okay. Um, which is, you know, like I mean, I know there's like a huge. I've definitely seen a lot of debate about this because yeah. it's kind of like if a company is like bringing you. Your connection to information, like yeah, like, yeah. what's their agenda? And yeah, like exactly. Yeah. But then at the same time, like wow, they are throwing really advanced methods at this. Right. That, like, what do you think? So, was there something to take away for the lesser folk in the audience? <laughs> do you think? Uh, I don't know. I mean, well, I think I think the idea that visualization can help these strategic decisions, yeah. and that you sh like. I cannot express how like beautiful this globe was. <laughs> like, it, it was like, I mean, it's one of those things where it, I'm sure this wasn't just like Mark Zuckerberg needs a really pretty globe, right? You know, like yeah. it, I'm sure that there was some reason why they really wanted this to look really high quality, but there was an actual use for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was, it, I, I guess the takeaway would just be like, you know, investing if. If that if that company is investing in data visualization at that degree to right. make decisions, yeah. like it is like multi billion dollar decisions. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like yeah. it is probably a good thing yeah. to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like just thinking strategically. I think he had some slides about like oh like you know how do you visualize big big data and make it small like right. you know the modeling necessary. Yeah. I think that was a lot with like kind of this like census supplement yes. model. Okay. Um, and so, so yeah, I feel like the takeaway was don't, I think there are, I, I think for the app, probably not for like <laughs> the work you're doing mm -hmm. um, and even in academia, but I think there are a lot of companies that kind of have like these massive amounts of data and yeah, just like think that they should just be throwing it all onto plots. And, right. and so it's like think, Thinking beyond that is important. Yes, so. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I feel a little bad because I feel like I've just interrogated you because I wasn't there. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was kind of like I was watching on Twitter, but then at some point I had to like drive to the airport, so I was like, <laughs> yeah. I, I followed it all the way up to the point where I had to like they closed the door, you know, on the airplane. Yeah, <laughs> right. right when Jeff's talk started. Yeah, it was it was literally like right when his talk started. And anyway. then you landed, and there was, it was all your over. personal emails all over the place. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but anyway, but it's, uh, yeah. So, anyway. No, we can continue yeah. interrogating. I do so not I think, mind. Uh, yeah. Lynn Cherney was next. Yeah, yes. Lynn Cherney, uh, who's awesome. Mm -hmm. She's She has an interesting background, right? I think she went to Stanford and then she, uh, like, Stanford PhD mm -hmm. in either stats or applied math or something like that. Okay. Um, and then she's worked a lot as a consultant. Uh huh. Um, and now she's actually, she also, and she's worked a lot in data visualization and then is going to go she did a year at the university of miami uh -huh. and with um alberto cairo oh yeah like part of that program yeah um and then now she's actually moving to france oh wow to lyon yeah okay. and she's going to be there doing um like helping develop like data visualization and essentially just data science curriculum for uh -huh. i think it's in a business school setting which okay. is yeah cool um, super cool. And so she, I really liked her talk because she, she called it like cocktail horror, horror, 
story, cocktail party horror stories. Uh -huh. um, and and like for each kind of anecdote, she had a little recipe at the end with the cocktail. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's really cool. It was really that's, cute. That's like, it's like yeah. a good organizing strategy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so she was just going through kind of like, like essentially like she said like failures, you know, like kind of like one success story of using um, like having, they, like a company gave out a survey on their software, but like no one ever read the results. <laughs> <laughs> and so she finally like did some kind of like natural or like it was like keyword context. I would have thought natural language processing, but okay. it, like some sort of keyword analysis uh -huh. um, to figure out like everyone what was like said. download, like everyone like everyone could have downloaded or like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like finding those key things. Mm -hmm. um, but she was like, yeah, maybe like if you're gonna do a survey, have a plan to analyze the results. <laughs> like, well, you yeah, that's yeah. like it sounds so simple, but I've yeah. seen that like I've seen versions of that happen so many times. Right. Like you collect a ton of data, <laughs> and you have there's no plan to like figure out what like whether it's useful and yeah. what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny because if you're saying that, that's like within academia. Yeah. Oh, I mean, people I should know better. Well, yeah, but the thing is, the problem is that it's like it's too easy to collect a ton of data now. Yeah. You know, like if you had to like. You know, back when every data point cost a lot of money, you thought yeah. a little bit more about it. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah. So that's funny that she said that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah similar, similar scenario. And yeah. then, um, and then, yeah, she talked, she had a few other anecdotes, um, like one about doing visualization. Like she, it was like consulting with a startup where they actually weren't even collecting data yet, but then mm -hmm. they're like, you know, we should like, can you draw up, can you mock up some dashboards that we might one day be interested in having? <laughs> Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna mock up the dashboard, you might just go all the way and put the data in there. Yeah, like no, just whatever data is that you want to see, just put it in there. Yeah. yeah. No, it was like it was like she was like I mocked it up, I put it in Comic Sans to convey that it wasn't important. Like right. this is like it's not real. Yeah, this is not serious. And then she was like, it just kept. Then they're like, can we have this in Illustrator? Like they kept like I mean it was like exactly what you'd expect. Kind of like like the PM, like, well, what's the next step on this project? Right, yeah. Right? <laughs> like, let me get this like mocked up nicer. And she was yeah. she was really funny because she was like, oh, what a disaster! Yeah. Like, just like walked away. Okay. But yeah, and then she had a really funny one, which was like, I, I was I was like a little nervous about what this was gonna be, but uh -huh. it was like because it was in the title, like the sperm plot. Oh, okay. <laughs> But it was hilarious where I guess it was that they were doing, it was like a finance company where I get, I don't know too much about this, but I think there's like very standard kind of metrics. You do like a rolling average. And then if yep. you're two standard deviations above that, that's right. like a thing. Yeah. Uh, like buy, sell, whatever. Right. It's and a then, signal. Yeah. It's a signal of some sort. Yeah. Um, and so, but then you can kind of just plot that one dimensional, but the way they're like, they like flipped it on the side and there was a dot followed by like, the activity in the last few months okay. and so it really did look like embarrassing but yes. then it became a real concern where they were like they're building the software for other people to use and they yeah. were like we don't want our users to like think this associate yeah and so then she but it was just so funny because she was like i tried this i tried this and you're kind of like laughing but then she went on for like like she must have thrown up like 30 different mock-ups <laughs> of like alternatives to fix this problem right. <laughs> it was just like it was really funny. I wonder if that's one of those situations where, like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think for the original chart, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they, they did. I think they really got they to, like, something better. Yeah. There but it go. was just, it's, I think, 
it, it was such a good talk because it was really good lessons and like this is what it being a consultant will actually be like right, yeah. like you will spend three weeks mocking up these alternatives to these plots right. because you know it has to be done it has to be done yeah um yeah and she had a few other anecdotes too so she had one that was really kind of scary of like and i didn't pick up all the details on this one either but it was like they were looking at trying to create some map for like um, like Jewish organizations and they, they'd had all this funding to do it and I don't know somehow like they after six months of work they finally had the map and then someone wrote back like well what if terrorists want to use this map and then it was just wow. like immediately it was over. yeah it was over like oh, six man. months of work and like they lost funding and yeah. like it was just like oh, oh god wow. yeah so and she just had a picture of like a cocktail spilled over <laughs> <laughs> I was like I don't know what the recipe is <laughs> like you know like think through these things ahead of time yeah it's yeah, 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 but yeah. So it was great though. That's it's a Sounds like a great talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there was um, the, so the guy from Five Thirty Eight. Yeah, Andre, um, Andre Shankman. Shankman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was awesome, and obviously very close to my heart. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've been on your website a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a busy uh, year. For yeah, <laughs> very busy year for them. Uh, <laughs> I worry about like, are they getting enough sleep? Like, is it, yeah. is it, at one point there was like, whatever, because the Olympics are supposed to ha- like are oh, about to right. happen, like next week or and they're yeah. gonna have anyway. Yeah. It's just gonna be a lot. Um, so they, um, but yeah, he was just talking about their workflow, uh-huh. which I thought was really interesting. Um, I mean, he went through a lot of like, here's what five thirty eight is, how we evolved. Um, here's the, um, here's like some examples of stories, and then just went through like how they get reporters with different technical backgrounds making charts that are you know publication quality um and i think it's it's i think it's a good mix where they have a few internal tools um, where you can kind of copy paste from excel Uh um which is you know like obviously obviously like if you've been listening to this podcast we've talked about it like my you know my alarm bells go off a little (laughs) but I mean, I think it's a. It's but I think like the real world, like exactly it uses Excel. It's just, yeah. yeah, and like at this, and at the end of the day, like they they are doing much more routine visualizations than even us, right? Yeah, like, right. And so they're and like they need them to have these certain standards. So like creating an internal tool that creates, you know, a bar chart that looks exactly the way that it should for publication is like a really high, like ROI for them. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, but they also have a lot of R and they try to publish. Um, I know they like publish their R code when they, like as they are able to yeah. um, for their analyses. And so I think a lot of times it'll go, they'll create a plot in R and then it'll go to Illustrator for kind of like the final fancy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, and that was a really fun session too because there was a ton of questions afterwards about like what's the tool, the tool that they use for creating tables is called Carpenter, which oh, I thought, okay. yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's a lot of questions about the very specifics, like what you use to build that tool, right, like right, right, how right. do you train people to use the tools. So it's just, I mean, I think it's those like data heavy journalism shops are so, so similar to your average like analyst group. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But with a slightly different, like at the, I actually, at the end of his talk, he was like, here are all the charts we've made in two weeks. And it was oh like God. a ton is, is of a chart. Yeah. 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 And they're just probably pounding them out like yeah. left, left and right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, 
Um, and then the final talk is our dear friend, friend of the show. <laughs> yeah, friend of the show, Jeff my Leak. former advisor, yes. Jeff Leake. Yeah, um, and who's already stopped listening to this episode. Yeah. Yes. We don't have to worry about him listening. Yeah. He uh, he killed it. He talked <laughs> talked very very fast. It was amazing about. I, it's like it, it was such a it was like a broad yeah. walk through probably everything he's been thinking for the last like two year. years. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> it's like here's like a brain dump for the last two years. That's basically was yeah 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 that was that was it yeah. Um, but he was getting back to what we talked about in our very first episode that like evidence based data analysis. Or yeah, whatever it's, well, we, it has a new name now. What is it now? It's data science as a science. Yes, he actually he was pitching that. Yeah, yeah. data science yeah. is a science. Yeah, that's. But you have a book called The Art of Data Science. That's right? true. Yes. So, so that book is now out of date. <laughs> <laughs> we got to replace it with data science as a science now. <laughs> Are you on board with this branding? Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely. I think it it sounds better than evidence based data analysis. That's right. I agree because every time I literally still cannot remember. Yeah, you can yeah. since you this is like the fourth time you couldn't remember it. Like I think it's time to. Put a stake in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. EVDA. I didn't yeah. even think about the fact that EVDA, there's a, a like finance, like EBITDA is a finance thing. Oh, EBITDA. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. No, not good. Anyway, everything is bad about yeah, that. Yeah. Everything was yeah, bad about so it. Data even science though, is a science now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he was essentially pitching this data science as a science idea. Yeah. Um, and he had a, he had an amazing slide where he was like, <laughs> like, how you decide to do the things you do. So he used, Hadley uses this diagram. I think Jenny called it the Krebs cycle of data science. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's just like, you know, you like munch the data, then you get, and then you like do the right, kind of cyclical, yeah, right. like model, well, visualize that. Or that yeah. And um, so, but he like, I annotated that with like, what what he does like what made him do well, the rationale for why he yeah. Did, yeah yeah I saw that on Twitter yeah <laughs> yeah it was like tidy David Robinson told me to that's right <laughs> and then the best one the like the closest to Mia Culpa we've seen from him was yeah. visualize yeah. bad life decisions <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not gonna get yeah yeah I mean I think you're not gonna get him to put it on a slide yeah know, like an actual outright. <laughs> But he did, he put I guess yeah 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 but uh, it was it was pretty funny it was like a mm -hmm. very I think it was very honest yeah 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 and like I mean I mean obviously tongue in cheek but like frankly everyone's like Krebs cycle is gonna have similar just yeah. like oh yeah because a professor told me or right or someone like, yeah. or like you know. like at one point I tried out this package right. and then. Um, and so he was talking about that. He he made a lot of references to the ggplot. He was like, one time I wrote this thing about ggplot. <laughs> I will say that he did not point out that he was writing that in direct response to this podcast. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but he did give us a shout out later on. Oh, okay. Well, as yeah. long as we got in there somewhere. Got, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was pretty funny. Yeah. So he so then like kind of the arc of it was him starting with this like oh never talk about. He's like I've been writing blog posts for a while and then right. I write one. Thing about ggplot too right. <laughs> and the internet's just set on the fire the internet just like everyone stops everything they're doing for two weeks right yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was pretty funny hadley yeah. was right in front row that's right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then so the the arc was that like 
like putting this data science as a science into action was that you all, I don't know how much you've been involved, but he was doing essentially a study on Coursera participants, right. asking them to create graphs, one in ggplot. He was asking people to create graphs, yeah. and then you get one or one of two sets of instructions, like right. either you're using, um, either using like please use base graphics and like you know here here here, and it had like faceting in it. And yeah, like, there yeah. were some elements that would be kind of easy in ggplot2 right. and you know, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so the two groups were like use ggplot2 or use base graphics. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. For the, for a, for a prompt that like had aspects that were easier in both like like yeah. a, a prompt that was like sufficiently broad. Yeah. 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 Um, so I'd say so I was involved in setting that experiment up because it happened in one of my classes. Oh, cool. But uh, but I never saw the data. Yeah. Cuz he was like preparing the slides like 24 hours yeah. before the talk, so I, I, never saw the, I never saw the results. Yeah. I'm like curious to see. What well, he, said, he showed us the 22 data points. Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we set up the trial in, in, in my smallest class. Oh, really? And so the, you know, the number of people that go through that class is not super high. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it was, uh, it was, I mean, he, he, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, this is very small sample size, yeah. lots of bias involved because yeah. I think it was some sort of voluntary. Yeah, like, it was voluntary. Yeah, yeah. and so um, and so I, I think, but it, and he he also did not report confidence intervals. So okay. okay, hard to know if there were significant differences, but oh, yeah. uh, there was like one. I I think one of them was like in kind of like in in line with what he was saying uh -huh. like one of them people were saying it was easier in base or something uh -huh. um the visually appealing one mm -hmm. was like 95 percent of people said that about ggplot uh -huh. versus like 40 <laughs> percent right. of base or something right so that was it was probably significant yeah 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 <laughs> even if it were even it, if it's small sample size, yeah, yeah like bias whatever no. um but it was uh it was yeah, it was interesting, and I think you know. I mean, he was very. He wasn't trying to act like these were the actual results. It was right. more like proof of concept right. that this could happen. Yeah. Because um, he actually was mentioning that he needed to get IRB approval to do this. Yeah. 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 yeah he so. Did. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a and we and we afterwards we were chatting a little bit about it too, where it's like yeah, there's kind of the and he he the reason he shouted out the podcast was because he was like, yeah, like you know they talked about kind of the user testing aspect right. of it. Um, for kind of does this visualization convey the information right. versus I'm interested in kind of like that first step of like is this is the analyst able to get what they want right and I think that's like ideally those yeah. will those are those are definitely two separate sides of the problem that need to be independently studied but then obviously the tooling should yeah. inform, be informed from both yeah yeah I mean I think that his work kind of like doing these randomized trials is, is in a way, it's kind of asking the question, you know, what should you want? Yeah. You know, and so it's um, it's different, and I think um, I think there's there's going to be some. I just like I think with when it comes to like medicine, you know, doctors usually want to do things a certain way, uh, but often the evidence suggests otherwise, and um, and so it's um, it, it, there's a little bit of kind of give and take there, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there always will be, I think. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah. I think it's you can't like follow the you can't just be. This is we time you you said you phrased it this one day like the race to the bottom of statistical tooling. <laughs> yeah. Tooling, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what we were talking about, but well, we were talking uh, about like internal tools. Oh yeah, it's like yeah. Well, it, well, this, yeah. So the issue is that like if there's kind of like the incentive is just to like get provide the tool that gives people what they want, mm -hmm. right? Not necessarily what they need to hear. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And the more the more I've had this 
type of discussion over the last couple of years, I feel more and more strongly that we should be training people to realize that fundamentally as an analyst, you are like butting heads against like what people want to yes. some degree. Yeah. yeah. It's a big, it's at least a big part of the job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't think you said that. I think the first time we talked about this, you didn't totally agree with me. So maybe I guess that's, around. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to go back and check. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm happy to accept that, but yeah. I, regardless, this is, yeah. I think the first I time we talked now. about it, you were more like, um, you're like, oh, well, ideally it's collaborative. And, like, yeah. and I think that's totally true. Yeah. Um, like, one thing, I guess the one yeah. thing I will, if it's, a diff- if it's a change, the one thing I will say that I feel more strongly about now, I think, is that, you know, I think we, we need to prepare people more. I think you said this, like, we need to prepare people more for this idea that like, when you present something, oftentimes that's not gonna be what people wanna hear mm-hmm. and that you need to be ready for that. Yeah. And um, yeah. because, you know, if you're surprised by it, it's, it can, then you might not kind of stand up for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I actually, Lynn touched on this, and this is again why I really liked her talk, uh, because it, it just, I, I mean, I have found that I just really enjoy talks, and I think people will, I've heard feedback from the podcast that people enjoy that about the podcast, like just kind of talking about the weird interpersonal political situations just that end like up happening. Stuff that happens, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, but it is very inherent to the work. And so she talked about like, like situations where she came in and like different levels of the company were arguing and she realized she was just like a data therapist and like (laughs) you know like figuring out like well what do like when you when you're people will really often ask like what they'll ask an analyst what metrics should we be measuring and it's like that's really like a very big business you know like that's like what direction we want to take the business right yeah and (laughs) and so but because there's a number involved people might come to you and so being trained to like recognize that happening is important and and i think that's like i remember i saw that and uh, someone tweeted that she said that and Mm -hmm. uh and i i think that is one of the reasons why i think data it may be the reason why data science is kind of hard to scale Mm -hmm. because like often your job is figuring out what people are actually asking you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> you know? I would say, if not 100% of the time, then maybe like 99.9% of the time, it's never the thing that they're actually asking you. You know, it's like they, if, even if they're like, I want a power calculation, mm-hmm. like maybe they do, but like really they, they might well actually be wanting something else. And so I think yeah. that act of like whatever therapy or whatever you want to yeah, call it, yeah, yeah. Is, a, is a it's a huge part of like what the data scientist does. And it's often, often the reason why I think t- like organizations, large or small, tend to kind of, kind of, uh, what's the words of the word? Uh, kind of like center on the data people because the data people mm-hmm. kind of they, they figure out like what's the questions and what are the things that we need to measure and it's it's they mm-hmm. they really try to they probe at like what are the most important questions I think. Yeah. 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 So I really appreciated that comment. Yeah. Uh, by her. Yeah. Totally. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like it was an awesome session. Yeah, yeah. I was very happy. It was, um, and it was, uh, <laughs> so I guess it's probably worth noting that this is, so this is one session. Yeah. <laughs> in the conference. Yeah. <laughs> the conference has like, uh, like 7,000 people. Yeah. Like that. And I think there's like, at any given moment, there's like 40, between 40 and 50 sessions going on. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah. Like this was like 1%. Right. I guess we can figure out, yeah. yeah. Small percentage of what is actually happening at this conference. Yeah, but but but, but the most important. No, yeah. no it wasn't the way I had to 
I'm just kidding. But yeah. um, but and, I, I mean, I just said I saw another. I saw there was a session on data journalism. Oh yeah, um, I'm like really a, sad I missed that. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, so uh, so Alberto Cairo was there. He, mm -hmm. he gave her, and it, so it was mostly like it was supposed to be. It was kind of set up like a discussion panel. So each person only gave like a very short talk, mm -hmm. um, and then they had like questions afterwards. And so Alberto Cairo was there. Uh, Regina Nuzzo, uh, Catherine Hansen, I think, mm -hmm. and then um, and Mark. No, Catherine something. Uh, yeah. Up, up. And then Mark Hansen. Yeah. Uh, from Columbia. Yeah. Was there and um, anyway, it was, it was a great little session and um, um, <laughs> Mark Hansen, it was amazing. I think he had about a hundred slides. Uh, no, I saw the tweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it was like a ridiculous number of slides for like a ten-minute talk. Yeah. And, and he, but, I think he just <laughs> held down the arrow button and like flipped through fifty of them basically at the end. Well, it was, yeah, it was amazing. I, I yeah. liked seeing this exchange where it was like. Mark Hansen was like, I'm in like ORD, like preparing my talk. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> hey, Carthage. Hey, Carthage. Hey, Roger. We hey, have a special guest. How's it going? All right. We were just talking about Mark Hansen's talk, and he had 100 slides for 10 minutes. That's amazing. Have yeah. you ever done that? Uh, I have in the past. <laughs> and right now, I actually have 10 or 15 slides for my talk tomorrow. All right. Well, there you go. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, so he, and the other good part about Mark's talk was that he had, um, <laughs> one slide, which is just like a wall of text, <laughs> and he's like, you know, whenever I make talks, I, I, for some reason, I just, I really like having lots of words on the slide. It just really amuses me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, but we can't read it. <laughs> Wait, that's, this is also the guy who's like in, like Mark Hansen. I really like Mark Hansen. I yeah, talk about for him. Yeah, yeah he's a great and guy. he's super smart, and um, he like. But he actually did an art installation in the New York Times building. Yeah, in the lobby. Yeah. yeah. So he's someone who understands like how people perceive. Oh, he, no, he totally understands. Yeah. It. I think. I think. I don't know what this was like, but it was like partly a joke. I think. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> so um, we have a special guest. Yeah, for this we have a special guest yeah. because we are recording in the Airbnb we rented for <laughs> the haunted Arstats Airbnb. Yeah. yeah. This is the not so standard deviations Chicago office. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, so exactly. You wanna... um, yeah, so Karthik Ram is here. Yes. Uh, are you your creator, founder of Arapensai? Yeah, uh, yeah, which is an awesome project you should check out uh, with lots of... Actually, why, do you want to just describe Arapensai? Yeah. Sure. Uh, Arapensai is a, a project that um, tries to build tools for making science more reproducible. So we have a whole bunch of software that talks to different data sources and also just makes it very easy for scientists to kind of automate their workflows, share their data, consume data, and actually clean up data sets that they already have. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a community project with uh, dozens of collaborators from all over. And um, we also do a lot of community building and um, getting people together. Yeah, yeah. No, you've had a, the Unconf. First year was a hackathon, then it was Unconf. <laughs> the, the, the name evolved and now yeah. we've just kind of settled in Unconf. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was super fun. We we both went there one yeah. year. Yeah, well, I was there it was two years ago, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, and it's and you also have you have full time, so you're funded to some degree. You have like full time employees who work on our open side. Yeah, and, yeah. And among other things, you have you have like our packages and stuff, right? That you that you kind of host or not host, but I guess you mm -hmm. kind of 
we sort cure, of curate cure. Yeah, and yeah, maintain yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of which we build and some of which we get other people to contribute right. and sort of like make sure they're they're high quality and well written and yeah. well documented. And one of the things that we've been doing for the past year is doing uh, software reviews, oh, yeah, very yeah. similar to paper reviews. So it goes through uh, a couple of peer reviewers and uh, software gets dramatically improved before we put a stamp on it. Mm-hmm. And Noam Ross and Scott Chamberlain have been leading that effort. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, it's been really fun and really productive. Yeah. Nice. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a really good um, model for like in terms of I mean this is I feel like this is this like like topic we we should one day have a full podcast episode on like open source maintaining and like yes. yeah, yeah everything that goes into open yeah. source and so it's I think it's like a really cool project that's Thanks. doing that, it right that should be fun yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah what's your impression of JSM so far uh, have you been here before I've been to JSM last year okay so Seattle yeah, was my first time um, this year's kind of fun, but a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Have you any sessions stick out for you? Uh, well, none. So <laughs> I don't know. I got here pretty late yesterday, mm-hmm. or, or really late last night, and so no, I take that back. I got in really, really early yesterday morning, and so <laughs> I actually missed most of Hadley's session. And oh, okay. I got just in time for Jeff Leaks Jeff, Jeff talk, which yeah. was kind of fun. You mean Hillary's session. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Let's Hillary's session. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I mean, this session has owners, and she owns it. Yeah, just to be, just to be completely clear. Yeah. <laughs> but go on. But no, that's that's yeah. kind of the only session that I really went to and enjoyed. And yeah. after that, I've just been catching up with people, yeah. going to yeah. Joe Palco's talk. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. About yeah. 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 So I so this is yet another thing that I did not go to. But so Joe Palka from NPR. Yeah. Gave the president's invited address. Yeah. 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 So how was that? I I loved it. I <laughs> I and I knew I knew, given that we had this podcast and just kind of. Like, you know, the direction I've taken in my career, I knew it was going to speak to me particularly. Uh, I mean, you basically are Joe Papa now. Yeah. 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 Um, but it was a great talk about uh, generally, like, science reporting um, and how science reporting, like, his, his the thesis was that science reporting isn't working in modern newsrooms. And he had some interesting metrics for that. Like, he, <laughs> he talked about, like, how the... Um, like the the Nobel Prize winners when this like he was like every week I get like the the headlines of Science Report of of Science Articles. magazine yeah. mm-hmm. um, is Science magazine Science yeah. Journal I guess I, I think it's magazine yeah, yeah. Um, and so he's like you know like so I know everything that's happening and like the number of times like he took Nobel Prize winners and went back and looked at their press coverage when they first came out sure yeah it was always like no one or right. like some random like newspaper like very scientific kind of wonky stuff right um but not the you know very rarely was it like new york times reporting on it right um and so and so like kind of the premise is like it's not working like science is very immediate you know this is someone who's been working as a science reporter his whole life um and so he um he went so so his idea kind of like he has this this thing entity called Joe's Big Idea, um, and I think the idea with that is to start recording the process more. And it was funny because he actually recorded sometimes when um, some articles where he did try to do that, and you know it kind of 
didn't work right with the 24 news hour cycle. Right. Yeah. And so one was that, and I, I was, I think I was just too young to follow this story, but apparently right after, I, I like vaguely remember right after Dolly was cloned, uh-huh. there was a guy who tried, who was like, I'm setting up a human cloning clinic. Like, I think it was in Chicago. Uh-huh. Um, and he was like, I'm doing it. Like, this is, this is what I'm doing. Um, and Joe wrote this, NPR segment on it and had an interview from the guy and it was like the guy was just like yeah this is our step closer to being God uh-huh. like this is like I believe you know God created us in our in, in his image and now we need to fulfill that prophecy of becoming God and this is the first step right so it's like it was one of those things where you know and he was like you know I just I just objectively reported that he said he wanted to do this Mm -hmm. i included this very long clip of him saying this yeah and then i thought you know that's the news like people will be able to parse through but then like apparently everyone picked up the story was like this guy started a human cloning clinic and like didn't mention (laughs) (laughs) anything else right yeah yeah (laughs) and like and then it became this big story and he was like i got a lot of trouble for that (laughs) 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 and then he had one more where he um Oh, what was the second example? Um, oh, the second example was uh, he happened to be at like some sort. Of, I think it was the JPL, except for I think of the JPL as being in Maryland, but no, the, um, JPL is in California. Okay, it was the JPL then. Yeah. Um, and he he happened to be there right when they were collecting samples from Mars. Okay, yeah. And it was like I mean it was like the day the data was coming in. Right, right. And he was in the room with them. Yeah. And they were like, at the, like he said he had to like turn off his recorder for a second to change the batteries. And the guy like ran over to his computer and was just like, oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like typing like, oh my God, I can't believe this data that's coming in. Right. And then Joe was just like, want to tell me about that? Right. <laughs> and he was like, no, I can't. Yeah. And he's like, I can tell I'm torturing you right now. So then he just wrote the article essentially saying that, right. like, you know, it sounds like they're really excited. Right. But then like that turned into a story of like, NASA's hiding. They found life, and they're hiding it from oh, us. Oh God! Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh no. No, they just found rocks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think all those experiences and his experience generally, like, made him realize he really wants to report on the process of doing science more. Right. And he thinks that people are interested in that. And then kind of displaying scientists as humans rather mm-hmm. than like yeah. facts. Like he was like, right now newsrooms are interested in results, not process. And yeah. I want I want there to be a place where we're interested in process. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that it's that he's that he thinks that people are interested in seeing that. Because yeah. I, I I might hypothesize that, but I have I don't know I don't have a sense that necessarily people are interested. In that, but maybe he I don't yeah know, he has well, a better sense of it. Yeah. You know, we have listeners, right? Yeah, well, true. People, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, so like I, I the reason That's this fair. Like, yeah, okay. yeah like the reason this spoke to me was because I feel like I mean you know to be like sad like I feel like this is exactly what we're trying to do. Yeah. And like it was very validating to hear yeah. you know someone who's been in that field his say, whole yeah. life say the same thing yeah. um and like and so i actually i asked this question which is kind of scary in front of like the whole room uh where i was just like you know like what advice what do you think we should be doing differently and better and because it is we as statisticians yeah, yeah like as statisticians and scientists generally um yeah. in terms of talking to the press and getting out there because you know it's not like i think i i just wanted to 
you know, convey, like, this isn't so easy for us. And yeah. he knew that. Like, yeah. he had asked at one point, like, how many people have talked to a reporter and felt like it was going to ruin your career? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I, like, raised my hand. Yeah. And, um, and so it was, and it was interesting. I mean, he really, I think as a reporter, I can understand why he said this. He was like, you know, it shouldn't be adversarial. Like, you know, you can talk to people and like, and then he was like for the institutions, like if someone messes up once, like you can't just like bar them for life. Like I think a lot of scientists, they'll talk to a reporter once, have it go poorly, have a bad story come out and then just be like, ugh, I'm never talking to the media again. Right. And we've talked about that with like, kind of like, if you publish open science, like then people are going to kind of like bike shed your results and yeah. that can be a big waste of time or yeah. feel like a waste of time. Yeah. And so I think it's all part of the same thing to some degree where it's just like, you know, being out there is the type of person who goes into science is usually the type of person who doesn't really want to be out there. That's right. No matter yeah. the medium. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so it's really hard and it is a type of vulnerability you're not used to. Yeah. And I think for people on the outside to say, hey, you guys should be out there more. Like, I, yeah. it, it may be difficult to understand like what they're asking. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And so I actually then went up to him afterwards <laughs> and was just like, yeah, you know, like I feel like I'm doing this and it's, you know, it's really not always that easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um yeah. and he but he told like he like nodded big time with yeah. that. He was just like, yeah, and you're a group of people who are very good at one thing mm -hmm. and when you right. try this other thing, you might not be as good at it. And yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 for, that's for sure. Yeah. So I think I, I'm like super interested in his project and I think he's on to something. Yeah. And yeah. So I, it was, I felt like it was a keynote that was like custom made for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, because now that you're like, you know, a podcaster. Yeah. You're, 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 you're on the other side now. You're exactly. on his side. Yeah, no, yeah. it's like I'm closer on his side. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely the type of person he was talking to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. but So, I'd be interested to hear how other people reacted if yeah. they, you know, maybe haven't had as much experience or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I do think, though, complaining about science reporting is something that basically every scientist does all the time. Yes, that's right. So. It's, a, it's a quite a... It's a it's like a hobby or whatever. Exactly. Like pastime is what you would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think like with that, I, I, I think even people who haven't had as much like media experience will still, that will have resonated with them. Yeah. 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 I think also, but I think science reporters in general are getting, you know, there's, a, there's, you know, they're slowly changing in terms of like, you know, the people coming up in the, in the ranks of science reporting are way more kind of, I think, also, because the combination of scientists being more a little bit more out there than before, and I think science reporters being more connected to that, mm -hmm. uh, I see a lot of changes in the science reporting in terms of like you know the little stuff like actually linking to the article and like mm -hmm. you know and uh, and being way more kind of cognizant of you know kind of associational versus causal statements things like that you know so mm -hmm. I think uh, stuff that you I think I feel like I would not have seen in the past yeah um, yeah and then I guess I you know, I think it, it does seem like there is a increasing general interest in like the science of whatever mm -hmm. you know so whether it's like the science of food or this you know the science of polls or yeah you know, like so in terms of like the and usually when they say the science of they usually mean like the process of how this is done mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so maybe like you know the science of science or whatever yeah, is yeah. the next logical uh, yeah you know, kind of step there yeah, and I, you know, now that I think about it, there have been a few really great articles, um, kind of about the process of science. Yeah. Um, and one was this guy. It was, I think, it was a New Yorker feature that was someone who studies um, interactions between taste and other sensory, like 
or I don't know, sensory stimulation. So like, for example, like he, he just, he's like an insanely productive kind of just like finding correlations, uh-huh. right? Like it's almost like, you know, there's a lot of criticism to be had there. Right. Yeah. But he works, he works to like, he works to figure out like, Oh, you know, if you make the packaging red instead of blue or something like that, right. then it'll, people will buy it and eat it and, and enjoy and like measure the enjoyment of the taste. Mm-hmm. Like they will enjoy tasting it more. Okay. Um, and, and so, and it's, it's led to some like things like concept restaurants where, you know, you're eating seafood, you hear seafood, you hear like the sound of the sea, (laughs) like it's like painted and like, you know, it's just like things like that, that make the whole experience. Right. And it makes the food taste better. Yeah. Um, so there's a really cool feature on him as a person. Yeah. And then the other one I can think of actually is that huge expose of the, um, Japanese woman. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. What, I can't remember what she discovered uh, or claimed to have discovered. Um, it was something with stem cells. Stem cells, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was some result that, like, it, it just, I, yeah. It's funny because I read this article. I, like, was completely engrossed with this article, but I definitely forget most of the scientific details. Yeah. But I remember a lot of the personal details yeah. of, like, the, you know, it was, like, this postdoc, and there was kind of... There's just a lot of really weird interpersonal dynamics going on, um, problematic personal dynamics, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, it led to some really splashy study, and then she got a ton of media coverage, and then it kind of all fell apart, and, like, yeah. someone committed suicide. Right. And it was just like, oh, like, the whole thing, like, how you read it, and your stomach is just, like, in knots yeah. at the end. Um, so, so it is funny, because, like, yeah, I totally agree that studying the people is... It's in many ways interesting, and it gives so much more context for what results make it. Right. At the same time, if you are one of the people in that second story I described, yes, that is like a really skewering feeling of vulnerability. Yeah. That like is you can't even really recover from. Yeah. Right? yeah. So it's just. Yeah, and you probably didn't sign up for that. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. definitely didn't sign. You know. Yeah. I mean, I think the I think the the woman in the story was interviewed yeah i think i i'm not sure if she, i think she may have just like written a couple letters or something like uh-huh. defending herself and uh-huh. then otherwise didn't participate that much yeah. but yeah yeah so it's yeah i don't know it can so go either way it can go either way right <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and he kind of his response when i kind of asked that question was like well if you have nothing to hide mm-hmm. then you should be okay <laughs> yeah <I> mean, <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like uh, yeah True, but. And I think that that will vary yeah. by field, and you know, but I don't think it's a, I don't know I have to think that one through. But it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a more I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. I, yeah, I, I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah. It's complicated, but but I still even with all that I still think it's I think I feel like confident that there is a desire to hear more of like the process. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. So I think that's. Uh, you have anything else to talk about? I mean, do you want to talk about your talk or your session? Oh um, my. <laughs> My set? No, I don't want to talk about my session. <laughs> well, did you? What did you talk about? Uh, so I talked about. Okay, so my set. Okay, I'll talk about my session. It was uh, a session on. It was. It was a bit of like a mishmash. It was like in the environment and its health effects. It was the health effects of 
the air pollution and a changing climate. So it's basically climate change, air pollution, and health, basically, was yeah. this topic. And um, so I, I talked about um, a kind of a, a trial, a clinical trial that we did on, in, on an indoor air pollution intervention. Oh, cool. So where we randomized people to get air filters in their home. And these are all ch children that live with smokers. Oh. Um, so there's a lot of like particulate matter in the air and the air filters actually worked pretty well to kind of like filter the air. Really? Yeah. And, um, and so we use a lot of, uh, so the, the nature of the talk was that, you know, we use these causal inference techniques to, to look at um, how, how the intervention works, you know, whether it works by actually lowering the, 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 the air pollution or whether it works through just like some other mechanism. Yeah. And so these are Well, like, you could, you can have placebos or yeah, you can have like a placebo, right? Like an air filter structure that doesn't. You can. So you can have a sham air filter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We didn't do that this time. Oh, okay. We, so the control group just got like some, got some education. Okay. I see. Yeah. Um, and so um, we have, actually we have another trial going where the, where the control group gets a sham air, air filter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, it's uh, anyway, so it's interesting because it's kind of related to, it's related to mediation you know, mm -hmm. methods and things like that. So cool. that's what I talked about. And, and it, were, it was helpful. Yeah. Well, I, well, one of the things that's interesting is that you know environmental interventions. They ha they a lot of the studies have had relatively small health effects. Yeah. Um, but they don't adjust for the fact that when you intervene on the environment, sometimes it works better than other times. It works better for some people than it does for other people. I see. And so the purpose of this analysis is to show that like amongst the people for whom the intervention like really works well, yeah, they have a huge improvement in health. I see. Um, and so you can so, so given that you might focus more on like making sure that the intervention is actually working. Yeah. Uh, so for so like a, for example, if you give someone an air cleaner, you want to make sure that they like plug it in and use it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so. That's cool. Yeah, stuff like that. See, now I feel like I'm the science reporter where I'm like, so I should get an air filter, huh? <laughs> right. So you're the bottom line. What's yeah, the bottom line? What's yeah. The, what's the, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I think I feel vindicated because I have like an embarrassing number of air filters in my very small studio. You do? Okay. And you're not a smoker. I'm not a smoker. <laughs> I don't know why. I just got one and then it like turned into having five. I was like, well, I just, you know. God. You need clean air. I know. Well, actually, I just recently learned that. So in Beijing, they're gonna in this in like a park in Beijing, they're gonna install like a massive air filter <laughs> in the park. Like outside. Outside, yeah. And so uh, like an enormous one. And the <laughs> idea is that they're gonna like carve out this like I don't know how many feet by how many feet square, uh -huh. where it's like that's gonna be like the one square in out, out in Beijing that's gonna be clean. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no! It's like oh, people do. Are people people are gonna have to like wait in line, right? Yeah, I, I think it's like it's like an art project, basically. Yeah. You know, it's not like practical, oh. but the point is to like give people an understanding of what it's like to live with clean air. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Yeah, it's scary. Oh no. Yeah. I also saw an article about um, I think it was Nepal. There mm -hmm. was some there's some sort of like press on air pollution in Nepal. That, oh. Yeah, I th it, it made me think of you because it was they said it was higher pollution than Beijing. Oh, uh, in like in the cities, in the city. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I'm not sure. I okay. just glanced at it, so yeah. I'll try to dig that up because yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the rest of the session, my session was it's kind of an eclectic mix. So Howard Chang was there from Emory talking about um, um, ozone, kind of ozone modeling and kind of a, a correcting for bias, and then there was a. Um, uh, Monty Fuentes was there talking about spatial dynamic factor analysis. And she has some like a crazy model, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like Dirichlet process priors and you know non-stationary, you know, non-linear spatial <laughs> modeling. And, and, and she, anyway, she always she's always like she always does that. It's always like amazing. But mm -hmm. um, and then uh, uh, so Anna Rappold from the EPA was talking about kind of dose non-linear dose response models and air pollution. Oh, so cool. anyway, it was it was a cool session. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So and uh, and Jeff tweeted that it was like a rare moment where you could like actually hear me talk about my research. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like awesome to hear about. Yeah, yeah it's funny. I do, most of the talks I give these days are like not about my research, but yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, this was a, a rare moment. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, I guess the last thing before we go, I just want to say like thanks to everyone who said hi. Oh, yeah, did you, did you yeah. Meet some people? yeah, yeah. A lot of people came up. Awesome. Uh, I think people recognize my voice. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so. They won't know anything until you start talking. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I think asking the question, I didn't think about that when I asked the question. And but everyone then, got yeah. to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're like, oh, that's her. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, no, but it, it means a lot to hear from people, so I yeah. really appreciate it. Um, yeah, definitely thanks to everyone who listens. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Um, so anything else from the meeting? No, I'm right. looking forward to the rest of it. I know Karthik, who we spoke to earlier, is t speaking tomorrow. Uh, oh. Yeah, he's uh, not here. He bailed on us, so I don't know where, where he went. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I'm out. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so so I know there's some good sessions coming up tomorrow. So. Okay. All right. Well, just remember, you can always tweet us at NSS Deviations on Twitter, or you can email us at NSS Deviations at gmail.com, and uh, we'll see you next time.